Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we are also partnered with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge uses military intelligence to track deer patterns using data from insurance companies, collared deer studies, and even social media. Spartan Forge uses the same techniques used to plan military operations to predict and pattern white-tailed deer. Spartan Forge. Find. Fix. Finish. You can check them out at SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code BOWHUNTER to save 25%. All right, first podcast for 2021. This podcast is just John and I going through um, kind of our plans, things that we've got going for 2021, and then uh, gear recap. So uh, we go through some of the things that we liked and uh, maybe didn't like for uh, the year, gear that we're going to change and kind of things that we're we're going through. And then, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff uh, coming up with, uh, giveaways through Patreon and, um, a couple other things. One of the big things that we're going to do is, um, we've had some people ask about, uh, you know, John showing how to set up bows and things like that. So what we're going to do through our YouTube, and if you haven't checked that out, you can go to, uh, YouTube and just type in Bowhunter Chronicles. All the podcasts go up there, um, as well as, uh, any of the review videos and things that we did. Um, but, uh, so we're going to video John, uh, setting up a bow from start to finish. Um, and then we're going to give that bow away. And then those, that setup process step by step, um, is going to be another podcast episode weekly. And that's going to start off here, um, uh, probably in February. So, uh, we've not got the bow yet. We're still working on that. Still figuring out some of the details on, uh, you know, what exactly we're going to build, um, and trying to figure that out. And then if a left-hander wins it, you know, et cetera, cause we're going to set up a bow that, uh, that I can shoot or John can shoot or, or whatever. Um, but we're going to set up something that, that we would shoot. So, um, that's going to be one of the keys to this. Um, and so for that giveaway, that's going to be for anybody that listens, not just the Patreons, but the Patreons are going to get multiple, um, different entries uh basically kind of from when they started as a patreon that's why i said if you were in uh, last year you're going to get uh, a bunch more entries in that and there's going to be other ways to enter but regardless um that's what we're going to do we're looking forward to that um total archery challenge in boyne i think is uh We've got that plan to go. They haven't opened up registration, but we did rent our condo. So we're going to be up there uh, at the Total Archery Challenge at Boyne Mountain. And we'll probably give that bow away up there. Um, So there's going to be plenty of time to get signed up for this bow. uh, So it's not anything that we're going to be rushing through. Um, But um, that's our plan for that. Um, And so if you do want more entries or you want to check out Patreon, Patreon is basically a crowdfunding for... um, creators um so what it does is it helps us to do things like this um but it helps us for equipment you know we got some uh, wireless mics um that we tested those um right after we did this podcast um to to make sure that everything is going to be the best possible quality that we can we can do i mean the recorder that i'm recording on this you know that's because of the patreons and then we do the the give backs the giveaways and put that money right back into 
uh, giving back. And uh, that Patreon giveaway for the last quarter um, for that Mystery Ranch pack um, and then the Badlands rain gear, um, I'm going to go live next Tuesday, so Tuesday the 12th, um, about 9 Eastern time uh, after I put my daughter to bed. And we'll announce the winners for that. Um, and you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Um, for this quarter, you know, we're, we're partnered again with uh, Tacticam. Um, so Tacticam, each quarter's given us a package to give away. So we're going to be giving away a 5.0. So the Tacticam 5.0, that's a 4K. Um, it's got a 2.7K for low light, uh, great image uh, stability stabilization all that and then they're going to give away a reaper uh so they've got a, a set where it's a fan that can mount to your bow or your shotgun it's illegal here in michigan um but uh you know in the states that it's not it's a really cool way to hunt turkey so uh, we'll be giving that away uh, we're also giving away the swag pack from base map and so it'll be a year pro subscription uh, through base map and then they give you a hat and a shirt and, and all that stuff and um, we do still have that code going into 2021 um, so you can use code chronicles um, at base map and you got to go online to do that um, but you get 20 percent off so it ends up being 24 dollars for the year um, for for base map and it's for the entire country you get that hunt wind and everything like that so that's pretty awesome um, we want to give a shout out to our new, uh, newest Patreon, Josh Burns. Um, you know, thank you, Josh, for, uh, showing some love from New Hampshire. Really appreciate that. And good luck to you, uh, next week. And, uh, you know, for all of this, you know, we do this stuff to, to, it's things that we do anyway. So it's really fun to sit down and like have this conversation with John about all of our gear and, and kind of go through and kind of rehash all the things that we tried through the year and things like goals for 2021 and, and things like that. Um, but we do the same thing with the patrons and I just, I, you know, we really, really appreciate them and I, I can't, uh, say that enough, but this, this podcast is, um, like I said, it's just John and I going back through our gear. And I think you guys are going to like it because, uh, towards the end, we talk a lot about, you know, the different, uh, saddles and camera arms and kind of, kind of all the things that are all the buzz online right now. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, um, and you're gear junkies, like we are, um, it's probably going to be, uh, quite interesting to you. So, uh, enjoy the episode. We really appreciate it. Rate, review, check out our YouTube, but, um, you know, just tell somebody else about the podcast, let them know, uh, kind of what we're doing over here. And, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. So thanks for listening. All right, everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast for 2021. First podcast of the year, John and go. I'm done. <laughs> oh, he's got more words than last year. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. That uh, Western recap was a freaking long drawn out. I could hardly talk after after that one. <laughs> we got some good feedback on that one, though. I think you know. I think you don't give yourself enough credit. I think people, you know, like to hear you your your insight. But I think maybe because it's few and far between, it's. <laughs> When we get it, it's good. Um, so, yeah, on this one, I just want to go through, like, kind of some of the gear and some of the stuff that we had done for 
2020 and then uh, get into what we're doing for for 2021. Um, and I think we'll start there. We got a lot of big things uh, in store for um, 2021. So I'd said on the last podcast that, you know, if you hadn't signed up for Patreon, um, might be a good time to do so. Uh, we've got a lot of big things uh, coming for our Patreon patrons. And like, we can't thank you enough. Last year was great. Um, we are going to uh, start firing back up the zooms here uh, pretty soon as we get into the winter, you know, when we got a little bit more time, you know, less, less time in the woods, I guess. Um, but it's, be, it's scouting time though now. Right. right. And, and it, it, and it is. And that's one of the things like I feel, I want to ask you, like I posted something on Facebook about goals and things like that, but, um, but yeah, so I, I want to, um, you know, we can't thank the Patreons enough. I mean, so much of this, you know, is is stemmed from questions and, and things from our Patreon saying, you know, what about this or what about that? And, um, but we're really going hard at um, YouTube and doing some more video stuff. And um, we're going to be doing a video series uh, with, uh, you know, kind of tech tips from John. Um, he, he's going to be the star of this. It's going to be an extra podcast episode. Um, we were hoping to start that in January, but it's probably going to be February. Uh, but we're going to go to two podcasts a week. The other one is going to be just a little, um, you know, bow tuning setup tip, um, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, real whatever, short, real, whatever we can short. pull from John. <laughs> um, we're also going to video that and that's going to go on YouTube. And what we're going to do is we're going to set up a bow, um, and then end up giving that bow away once it's all set. So if you're left-handed, we'll have to figure something out. But um, we'll we're, might we're give gonna... you one of Frank's old bows. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Frank special the the Fred Bear that's up in the uh, the rafters. No, we'll just take his new one and give that one away. And be like, what? Well, you didn't shoot anything with it last year, anyway. <laughs> Nobody's gonna want that one. It's off. <laughs> Two years of. Yeah. No, it's not off. I I <laughs> made sure it wasn't off. Um, well, yeah, so so that's one of the big things that we're going to do. Um, anybody can win that, not just the Patreons, but the Patreons um, are certainly going to get uh, extra uh, Maybe double, entries. Maybe double the entries or something. Um, you know, so more on that coming pretty soon. Uh, we're we're in in the works on, on actually nailing down the boat, uh, but that's, you know, it's the beginning of the year, and, and real soon here we'll we'll have that figured out. So um, that's on the agenda for 2021. Um, one of the things people had been asking me about, John, and we had talked about this for last year, and it just because of the way the fucking last year has been, um, you know, we didn't even – we just kind of stopped everything dead in its tracks. But getting together for a shoot. Um, yeah, that – I mean, I was really looking forward to, I mean, for one, we were going to put something together for our Bowman's Club. And then two, you know, I, we all love going to TAC. And mm -hmm. it just, I mean, it was still on, but it just didn't work out with our schedule because we were all going out west at the same, or right around that same time. So we couldn't swing it. But definitely if things work out, I mean, if this COVID bullshit gets kind of straightened out, then you know, we, uh, we still have that option. Just, we just got to. Yeah. And we've got, I up. mean, essentially the keys to the club at our, our Bowman's club. So, I and mean, it's a huge facility. I mean, for those guys here in Muskegon, you know, 
that know about it, they, I mean, it's a. But I mean, it would be worth if if, if it wasn't that far a drive or something oh, like that. It'd be worth coming for sure. Because I mean, it's going to be. I mean, we had kind of talked about different things, like doing like a saddle demo and having other companies come in, and you know, it, it's definitely going to. Yeah, it's, it'd be fun. So <laughs> we've got you know the basics of the planning for that done, um, but we just need you know, the world to be okay with it, I guess. I yeah. And not only that, like, I mean, our club has the indoor range with what, I think there's nine lanes on the main range, which goes all the way back to 40. Then we have like a shooting tuning range. And so we have a full setup in there with the press, arrow cutters, uh, you know, bow vice, uh, I'll, the, the drawboard, the, the drawboard now is they, they add the attachment to the last chance archery, um, press. So, got everything there so we'll be able to do some tuning if you know guys want to bring in their bows and want me to take a look at it and i mean so we have all that and then we have the 3d range which is going to be set up which i mean i think we're going to have 25 to 30 targets i mean we have elevated stands we also have the field range which i think there's 14 in that well it's 10 to 100 yard yeah but like 14 stations mm -hmm. so i mean we could definitely and then all the outdoor range, I mean, there's targets from 20 all the way to 80, you know, around right the back range. So it's it's a top-notch, you know. Yeah, it's a really cool um, thing. And, and, you know, we're fortunate enough just to have access to it. And it, it'd be a great, great place to host an event. And so it's just a matter of, you know, seeing what uh, what the world says. Right. Uh, but we'll have more on that. But just for things for 2021, that's like. You know the things that are right on the forefront of of kind of like where we're we're headed, and I did order some more um, uh, merch, I guess. Um, but I've got some winter hats coming, and then I ordered some masks because of the way that the world is, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do with those and and whatnot. But um, it was just you know I was putting in an order for some stuff, and I was like, well, I like the masks that go over your face that you can just pull down instead of having to go around my ears and all that right. stuff. And with it being wintertime, I mean, it just kind of makes more kinda sense. Kind of like a neck gator. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what they are. So, um, but John, I had posted on, on Facebook, like, uh, you know, what are the goals for 2021 um, that guys have? And in, in, in mine were to, you know, scout more. And then again, I, I didn't do it this year. And just, you know, I want to, key in on a deer preseason and try and hunt him like and kill him in the first week or so and and you know i killed a deer on the eighth this year we did go in and pre-scout that but it wasn't like that was the deer and it just felt hollow to me so right it was um, just kind of a serendipitous thing like he came by and, and and people have told me like you know you shouldn't feel bad about you know you should be happy that you did that but it just it just didn't see it just seems like it wasn't my hunt you know well i mean you can't I wouldn't put it that way. I mean, you went in, you knew that there were bucks moving through that area. You've killed, you know, deer in there in the past, Frank and Ernie too. And you went in and got it done. I mean, just because you hadn't seen that buck on camera or hadn't, you know. Yeah, I know. It's just. But I understand what you're saying. Um, but that's kind of how the way I, I mean, that's the way I've always hunted. Just like going, you know, I'm not like the Andy May and going in. I mean, like you see his. I just seen his Instagram <laughs> for post 2020. Like, for 2020, like, holy shit, fuck COVID. Andy had a great year, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but that's, he's put in the work. He's put in the, you know, all the time. And, 
he knows what he's doing in the woods. I mean, I mean that takes a lot of dedication. I would love to be able to do that, but I got, I mean, I got a lot of time, but I, I like to spread my shit out. Like I like literally right now, I'm, I just brought all my ice fishing gear over here. I'm like, it's time to be the angler, not the archer, you know? <laughs> so, but, but so for 2021 goals, goals, I definitely want to get out there and do some more, you know, late season, obviously season just ended, but winter scouting, spring scouting. I did some of that up in the UP when I was up there. It was kind of more of a scouting trip. You know, I went up and visited my buddy, Larry, you know, it's a whole different scenario up there. I mean, private land and all the guys bait, you know, my buddy's property, they have shooting shacks everywhere. I could have easily just went up and hung my, you know, tether next to his, one of his shooting shacks and, and shot a deer off a bait pile. He was actually kind of chuckling at me. He's like, why don't you just throw out some bait and shoot one? Why do you got to walk around all the woods? <laughs> like, well, that's just not how I hunt, you know. I guess it's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just not my gig. But so goals for 2021, get out, scout some more, and get back in shape. I kind of been slacking on that. Um, I felt pretty good out west, but it wasn't like when like it, the first time. Yeah, the first time when we went to Idaho. I mean, even though that was you know, like a, it was a different style hunt, I felt way better. For one, I was like one hundred and ten percent confident. I mean, I guess that's what it would be the the confidence level in my equipment. When I went out to Idaho, it was like there was no question in my mind. If I would have got a shot, it would have been me, not the equipment. And even with all the time and, you know, everything I put into the the bow this year, just things didn't, I mean, for one, the COVID screwed up everything. So I got the bow late. It was only 60-pound limbs. Although I did that with the Hoyt, too. I went from 70 to 80. But I had been shooting that bow, and I knew it inside and out. And the, this PSE, I don't know, I kind of lost confidence in it. I think we kind of went over that. On the, yeah. But so you want to just be 100% dialed in, like going in? Yes. Like so, if, if I switch bows this year, then it's going to be right off the bat first thing, and I'm not going to screw with anything. I'm going to just shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, and get it dialed in with, you know, the setup. I, I don't really mess with my arrows you know, maybe a like this year I had to drop down uh, to a 300 spine because that PSE doesn't, and it's not quite as, you know, doesn't have the power stroke or whatever you want to call it. It's not, it's not as fast, so it's not, I needed to go down the spine. It was the stiff shafts and it were, were just not quite flying good, but. Even the three hundreds. Maybe I needed a actually the best arrow I shot out of it was the one I shot through the hood of the, the Jeep, you know. So <laughs> I maybe I should have stuck with the three forty uh full metal jacket, but uh. so I, I mean like I said, I want to get into some gear and stuff like that, but um so so like for the listeners, like John and I don't really hunt together. I wanna to change that for twenty twenty one. Like like 'cause I was talking about like with my buddies yesterday, like the the hunting that like the spots where I go and the shit that I do like it doesn't I mean I would say if you're listening to this podcast you're probably like 
yeah, I would like to do that. But there's a lot of people that just do not like want to go. Like it's a, it sucks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like there's just no two ways around it. Um, I think what you got to do is you got to bring like we got to get some of those guys to go out west, and when they come back, we're like, oh shit, that's this. You want to go back? No problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, possibly, but like, like. So where I kept trying to go and like John and I hunted together, I think once this year and we went to a spot where I just want, was more like I wanted to check it out and see what was going on. And I'd, I'd seen deer there earlier in the season, but it was about a half a mile from where I set my camera early. And then when I went back and pulled my camera, like from October 20th through November 14th, and then I still had a big you know, a, a nice shooter buck for us, um, you know, a hundred and probably 110 inch buck, um, on there December 2nd, yeah. but there was three bucks in that caliber or so on there. And then there was, you know, probably eight to 10 other bucks on there throughout the season. And a lot of it was, you know, at night or, or whatever, but there was daytime pictures of all three of those shooters. And I never went back and hunted there because, it was so far back and like to go hunt there by yourself and then try and fucking get something out of there, fucking you know, right. get lost or, you know, whatever. Like it's, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it, it, it built my confidence in like, like my ability to kind of like, find you, know, you know, so put it together. Yeah. Well, but, and I have to, there's a couple of things. So I have to, you know, I guess reiterate to people that, I don't really know what I'm doing. And, and so all of this is like confidence building. And that's what I would say to like the listeners, like, you know, for me, it's like, I, I tend to go to the same spots over and over in this spot where I put the camera, that block of property is a property that I just chose off the map, which was a decent drive for me. And it was a big enough place where I felt like I could get lost you and that, get away and guys it. don't want to go in there. And that's why nobody wants to go hunting with me because it's a, it sucks. I mean. Yeah, but I think you only asked me to go hunting with you that one day and I went. No, I asked you to go like <laughs> other times. I say, I'm going to go up here. But uh, it's another one of those things where like I don't really know where I'm going in there. It's like, well, I just have an area. And now I'm like, I'm like learning it and I've, I've, I've figured it out. And it's funny because like one of the first features of this place that, I dropped a pin on a map, like walking back through there when I went and reset my camera, like standing right there, you couldn't look like 10 feet in any direction without seeing rubs. I mean, it was, it, it's just like that, that hub and it's not a spot where they're betting. It's certainly a travel corridor, which is what I thought it was going to be, which, you know, to me is, I, I feel like I'm a much better rut hunter because of that. I can, I can see transition so I can see like where deer are going to go but putting that camera out there and then getting good deer on there in in a place where i'd never been or had no idea or never even heard that anybody killed big deer up there um it it gave me confidence but you know when you listen to guys like um like jason campbell or even like um andy may or um i was just reading something from somebody else um on facebook on one of the groups and you know it sometimes takes them, you know, two, three, four years to figure out like where these deer and how they use a piece of property. So like for me, uh, it's just like, okay, this is, 
you know, I'm starting to put it together. Especially in an area like where you're talking, because it's not like you're hunting a piece of public that's surrounded by ag fields. No. And so it can change from year to year too. I mean, you're, cause you're, the mass crop might be different, you know, the browse, whatever. I mean, it could take one year could be great, but then the next year they might not be moving through there because there's no acorns or, you know, or they might be going the other way. And, but, and, and one thing also that, you know, I think bears mentioning and something that I learned this year was, you know, everybody that we talked to, um, and really tried to, you know, to get information from that wasn't just one of our buddies we were chatting or whatever, um, was that these guys have hunting spots from 15 minutes away to three hours away, you know, and their average drive time is usually, you know, an hour and a half or something like that. So that's one thing where I think about like, you know, we can be in Ohio or Indiana in, in three hours. I right. Mean, I mean, if, if you, if, if we change the view of like the way that we, we looked at this and we were saying, okay, well, I'm not going to hunt in area unless I know there's going to be big bucks there. And I'm going to change my, my radius of where I'm going to hunt to only areas where there's bigger deer. And I, I've never really, I don't know why it's taking me this long. You know, we say it, we joke around, we can't kill 150s. There's not a 150 there. Right. But I think the hunt, the spots that we hunt and the hunts that we go on, we're not ever, ever expecting a 150 unless we're going out of state. So it, the same could be said is like, you know, whatever class buck that you want to kill, you know, if it's a, a, you know, Pope and young buck, if the, the place that you're hunting um, doesn't have it, um, you know, if it doesn't have a, a 125, you know, and you want to kill one, well, you go and scout and find these places, you know, don't, don't just stick to the places that you know. And that's kind of what I was getting at, like this long form way to come back around to say like, so with your, because John and I don't hunt together that often. Like, what is your hunting style? Like going out, like when you, cause I've never been to like any of your spots, you know, like where you hunt or whatever. So are you just sticking to places where you think you're going to kill a deer or are you seeking out like big deer or how is it like, and, and how is that, uh, I guess, how, as you go into 2021, like, and you're talking about doing more scouting and stuff, like how is that shifting your focus? So, well, for, for years, like the last few years, it's been, I just been trying to focus on a legal buck, like trying to find a legal buck for jet mainly, my son. This year he didn't even hunt. He had baseball and all the, other crap and he's i don't know i think he's more in the rut since he's <laughs> he's 17 so now he's got his mind on other things but like when i went up to my buddy's plant property up there now he's got trail cameras out everywhere and he had some good bucks i mean good bucks for michigan well there's a 114 point or something I yeah that remember. was like a monster that was like the biggest buck up there but that was kind of the a fluke like the rest of the bucks are probably like 110, maybe a 120. I mean, so, you know, if you think about it, I'm like, I just, I drove almost seven hours. I could have been in Ohio and for sure been on, you know, some 150 class well, bucks. Well, but 120s all day. I mean. Exactly. And, you know, but now you're talking out of state tag and, you know, find a place to stay where, you know, he's got two houses up there. and I, But, so, like going in, this year was just mainly, I mean, I 
honestly, I didn't scout shit. I mean, I was focused. I was going out west, and I was out there for three weeks. So I was doing all my, you know, preseason stuff was focused on that. I mean, going out there and putting that kind of money into the tags and the time. I neglected Michigan. So I was just kind of come back, hit some of my old spots. I did look, you know, at a few new spots. But I wasn't expecting a big buck. It was just, you know, find a shooter. And, you know, I found good sign. I seen some good bucks, decent bucks. Uh, I never got a shot. I didn't even, I could have killed a couple does, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. So but I'm, I just wonder, like, 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 so when you say like it's going into scouting season and things you want to do and like whatever, like what, um, what are you thinking for, for this year? Um, like going, is it, is it changing? Yeah. So I, I mean, last year I was, you know, we were both super geeked up after the, um, Dan Infault's, you know, scouting session and getting back into those spots. Like there are spots that I know that there are some good bucks. Like the one nice, the, the buck ended up having a, or someone put a tree stand right above this mm-hmm. bedding area. But, you know, and I knew that there was a decent buck in that area. So I need to get out there. And like, matter of fact, I was just talking to my buddy, Jason, he hunts the same area. I mean, he's hunted this spot for 30 years and he knows he's, he's got pictures of big bucks. He's still got pictures of big bucks. And, he hunts the same stands, basically. I'm like, dude, you need to get back in there, and especially. And he does scout, like late season scout. He was just, he's still, he just came home last night, and you know, getting out there snowshoeing. But he's never put like he was asking me. So what does the infault say? Like how close is too close, and you know, where do I need to, you know, what am I supposed to be looking for? Like, and here this, he's killed big bucks, but he doesn't do it consistently every year. He's not like, you know, Andy May getting out, but he's a, you know, a good hunter, but getting out there and figuring out where them big bucks are bedding and like how close you can get to it and what the, you know, what they're browsing on, what they're doing out in the swamp or whatever. He's got both swamp and hill country and, you know, depending on like what I was just saying, some years the the deer are all up in the hills because there's acorns up there like crazy and then that's a real tough hunt. Like I've been up there hunting, you know, that situation. It's just like the deer just kind of go wherever they want, bed down. And there's like no pattern when they're in the swamp. It's more of a like predictable, but, uh, so I need to get out there, do some more, just like we did over there with Dan, get out, find the buck beds, find out, you know, what's still available. I mean, really, I mean, if there's some big bucks in the air or, or shooter bucks. Well, but, you, you need to come up then with me and do, we'll do some scouting on this, the property up there and not where I took you on the other side where it's because the thing is when we went, I went with John, I, I took my brother-in-law and granted my brother-in-law and I hung that camera and it was a three mile round trip to, to was, hang that camera. Was that when he puked? That's, oh no, that was when we hunted together <laughs> and he threw up. Um, and that wasn't even not that hard. I, I don't know that we told that in the podcast. I took my hunting with my brother-in-law and, uh, sorry, sorry for <laughs> first, first he went and tried to get us lost on the way out. And I said, no, this is where we're going. Like he was just running like way too fast, big climber on his back. And he ended up 
you know, we got back to exactly where we started. We did a big old circle. <laughs> I said, all right, I'm going to lead this time. And uh, he fell over. He tripped over a log and was just laying there with the climber over his head. Just laid there for a few minutes. We got maybe 250 yards from the truck. And uh, he goes, I got to stop. And then he starts throwing up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why I know nobody wants to go hunting with me, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so back there I figured out a uh, the most direct route to get in there that's good for um, predominant wind. Um, and then I found like where the bedding area is. I found the edge of the travel routes where they're, where they're working. Um, I got a, a camera hung on the outside of the bedding area right now. Cause I mainly want to see what buck survived. And I'd like to see, um, kind of it, it, one of my cell cams is up there. I want to see, um, when they drop their antlers, because I'd like to go in there and, and find shed, like, and actually try it. But I want to put in some time up there um, to try to figure that out for that early season thing. But what I'm realizing, too, is, like, when I hear these guys in, like, you know, Park McDonald or Byron um, from the Whitetail Experience, you know, and these guys say that they're getting up at, like, midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and going, like, that's why, because... I mean, it takes me a solid, if I'm just hoofing it to get back out there, it takes me, you know, probably 50 minutes in the dark to get 30 minutes away from where I want to hunt. So, like. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> but, like, that that 50 minutes is, like, through the nastiest right. fucking bullshit to finally get to where it opens up enough so that I can make a half hour track through the open right to where i want to go so but that's where i want to like focus my time but if you want to like really do some dan infault shit i got it for you <laughs> well i got a couple spots too like up by my property that i would like to get in there spot where i seen a nice buck a couple of years ago i mean dandy shooter but i just i haven't even been back to that spot and you know there's there's quite a few guys up in that area and stuff but you know i think that they're the bucks are they're still in there there's a couple you know mature bucks that have made it through that and i would like to get in there and figure those out and because that's a huge swamp and freaking pretty gnarly and when i even found that spot i i back then we had the onyx and on onyx i just was you know zooming through there and zoomed up and it like on their topo map, you can see like the marshy look. And I found one little spot like out in the middle of that that wasn't marshy. So I put a pin on that. And when I got out there, like what you were saying, I put the pin on. I ended up setting up a tree. Like, I mean, obviously the, the fucking marks aren't pinpoint accurate. But mm -hmm. I was like, when you zoomed up and you seen me and I was like on the spot basically. Because it was runways and rubs, and it was like all the the buck sign was there, and that's right where I seen that buck coming out. And just you got a little wind or something, but seen a little eight point in there that I was hoping Jet would get a shot at, but he didn't come back through. But <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, so just on that note, as something I didn't say at the beginning, but yeah, so for twenty twenty one, we're we're still working with uh, 
with base map and uh, like I say, for the price of it, you cannot beat it. Especially if you use our code, it ends up being $24 for the year for the entire country. Right. And that hunt wind, I mean, I use that like every single freaking day, just about. And like I've seen guys using it for waterfowl, like for like where to set up for, you know, where to set up their decoys for the, for the wind. birds coming Perfect. in and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to actually try it out. We're going to be doing some ice fishing and, and John's going to be videoing some ice fishing. We're going to be doing some of that stuff. Um, but it's got the, the lakes on there. So you can see like where the depths are and where the drop-offs are and kind of see where you're at, you know, when you're just going out there. So, yeah. I haven't, I mean, I kind of looked at it and the couple of lakes that I was looking at and didn't, I'm not sure if it had the contour lines that yeah, I'm you, looking for. You gotta, yeah. But it would give you a rough idea rough of like idea. where the drop-offs are, especially if you've never been on the lake before or yeah. you're. You know, where was that spot again? How close are we? I mean, that's what we do on Muskegon Lake. It's like the black buoys out there. It's somewhere near here. Yeah. You know, you drill a bunch of holes, put your graph in. But, but yeah, so them, um, Spartan Forge, one of the things with Spartan Forge is I'm like looking forward to l- looking at the trail cameras and seeing like and tracking that movement. When it says it's a good movement day or they're going to be in their, um, you know, core area and stuff like that. And it's, you know, he launched that in the middle of November, like right around like Thanksgiving. Like, so it was like a holiday weekend or it was right around there. And so we were right in the middle of deer season. And like for us here in Michigan, it was like in the rut. So everything was like crazy activity, abnormal pattern. So it was kind of hard to, to judge like, I mean, yeah, it was accurate. The deer were running all over crazy, but I mean, it was pretty, uh, you know, predictable, you know, by, by that circumstance. And then as it got, got further on looking at, you know, some of my cell cam data and like with the weather and everything, I mean, it was, it was pretty accurate. Um, but it wasn't a big enough sample size to be like, you know, there wasn't enough season left. And especially like in that early season, like bed to feed pattern, like that's where I'm really excited to, to try that out and to go into the season with it. Um, and then, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to be working with Tacticam again. Um, I got all the paperwork. So, um, I think we're going to be a dealer. Um, not that we want to sling Tacticams. I don't really, I mean, I don't see that as my next job, but, um, what I do want to do is be able to give, uh, discounts to the Patreons and stuff and they have map pricing. So you can't advertise cheaper pricing or anything like that. So, you know, giving a benefit to the Patreons and the guys that, you know, work with us and you know support us and they always ask me like you know got any codes for tacticam well tacticam doesn't do codes so the only way we can do that is be a dealer and then give our own pricing so right so it looks like which reminds that's the other thing you know i got i ran that reveal up on my property i used up in the up a little bit and had my you know the learning curve <laughs> make <laughs> you gotta, sure you, you gotta turn it on you gotta turn it you gotta take it off program you know make sure you turn it on <laughs> uh make sure you don't have a crappy uh sd card in there and you know with corrupt files to end up having to you know reformat it but now that i got it on my property i mean that thing is awesome so i definitely plan on picking up more of those and getting them in the woods and then keeping them in there you know throughout the year uh, since especially since I just hit the freaking 
<laughs> annual pay button. You, know, <laughs> you got a year's worth of <laughs> right. data to use up. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, the reveals definitely going to. Well, and they've got something going on. I think I shared it on our Facebook, but like if you've got one of those, it's great marketing for them because they want you to keep your, your plan on because they, um, you know, they got to pay the bill for the data all year round. So they want you to get your five bucks a month or whatever, but they're giving away like $175,000 worth of like bows, reveal tactic, you know, tacticams, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, that, that, uh, group, um, runs, uh, expedition bows. They run element outdoors, uh, clothing. Um, I think, uh, some sort of a mineral or like feed, like, I don't know. I don't think it's big and J, but it's something like that. Um, and so they're giving away a ton of stuff. If you keep your cameras on and they'll say, send us a timestamped photo, you send your timestamped photo in, you know, something for the month of whatever. And then you go into the drawing and they're giving away a ton of stuff. So, I mean, if you're running them all year round, you know, right. you might as well, um, you know, enter to win that, that kind of stuff. And it kind of sucks for the people that like, I just want one of the reveals. They're not available. <laughs> they're sold out. So, um, but again, with the whole dealer thing or whatever, we should be able to get those and, um, you know, hook you guys up. If you're a Patreon, if you're not a Patreon, it's five bucks. You go to bullhunterchronicles.com, click on the Patreon link or patreon.com forward slash five bucks a month or more like 17, 17 cents, cents a day. day. Yeah. 17 cents a day to, to help us out. But you know, whatever, like I say, that's not why we're doing this, but it definitely, you know, we're building the community. Like our Patreons are really awesome. So, I mean, I talk with them a lot and then I give their questions to John and they, and I try my best to <laughs> answer but, them with the knowledge that I have. But so, like, going into, like, so what did you change up for, for 2020? Like, what gear did you use? And, like, what were, like, the, say, like, top five things or whatever, like, your, like, go-to pieces of gear that you'd use? And was there anything that you were like, I'm not using that anymore? Well, I'll just go at the top. I mean, I went with the, the Predator platform definitely love that i mean you know platform in general the ring of steps were were okay but i'd like to be able to get up be able to stand up i could turn around on it and almost use it like a, a small tree stand if i needed for like my offside shots um real quick on that note uh we just did a video on the apex platform from hawk and so if you haven't seen that video that's on our youtube page but if if you haven't john what was your your thoughts on that? So, my thought for one, it's a complete like they like when I pulled out of the box. I mean, before we were on the video, I was like, "Holy crap!" They completely, you know, copied the Predator. Like it's the same exact size, shape. It you know they just did it with a different material. They used aluminum tubing and angle. Uh, it's definitely a you know cheaper model or you know, but. For the DIYer guys that want to go out and they don't want to spend the you know two hundred bucks or one hundred eighty bucks, whatever it is for the Predator, it's a base to start with because it's far from perfect, but it's not a complete piece of shit. I mean, uh, just go to our video; you can see like we put it on the tree uh, right off the bat. You know, it was snowy here, so and we we're, we we're both talking about in the beginning like it's probably going to squeak. 
It'd be slippery. And slippery. So I put my plat my predator down and I stepped up on that first and you know, obviously no squeaking, super super stable, no slip, uh side pressure on it, everything, you know, that thing works perfect. Uh stepped up onto the the apex and right off the bat squeak and slip. You know, and I'm using I had my uh crispy uh whatever they are, the Colorados or whatever, my hiking boots, and they have super good grip, you know, and completely slipping off, uh, did side pressure, and it kicked out really bad. So just not, and even the buckle, the buckle on it, like when, because I was trying to, we were trying to get it to not kick out, so I was pulling up and I would step on the top, and so I really put extra pressure on that buckle, and I th- when we went to take it off the tree, I actually thought we had bent the latch out. It like come out farther than what I think it should have been. So, so it's just, I mean, so just go check the video out, but, but I just wanted to say like, you know, for just going to any platform over ring of steps, um, something to think about. Yeah. You get what you pay for. So (laughs) the guys that want to save some money and, you know, do it yourself, fix it up. It, it's got it's got potential, but no. But so going to a platform, going to platform. Uh, I switched over to the the Phantom, and then uh, with the Oplex ropes, um, rope band, definitely. Those were all definitely you know good step ups. I mean, for me, I mean, loved all that. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think. I mean, ended up going back to my old bow and stuff. So I mean, that was just yeah. I mean, nothing new in that department. Um, I definitely got to get rid of the freaking bow ropes. I mean, I look like a yard sale up there. I'm I'm still using my pack, and uh, hopefully they don't blow up in here. Frank just unplugged the. The stove before we started so <laughs> but so definitely got to do something with the packs pack situation i mean for oh the one thing that we got rid of or i got rid of at the end there was well let me go back even farther last year i was using the big muddy freaking arm that you could put a freaking tv camera on you know got rid of that went to the fourth arrow without on the limb uh, base base and that worked. It worked okay. I mean, it's it, a trade off. It's a trade off. Yeah, you know. Uh, then right at the end there, Adam ended up getting me a. I don't even know. Yeah, it's from uh, DIY Bow Hunter on uh, Instagram, uh, Mark, and uh, he he's got a link to his website. I'm sorry, I don't know what it is, but he does a lot of 3D printed stuff, and you know, he's made our some of our Tacticam mounts and. You know, basically, I can call him and say, "Hey, man, what do you think about this?" And he'll be like, "I can do that." So, right, I send him a little bit of money. He sends me, you know, whatever I thought up in my head. So it's pretty, you know, a pretty basic arm, but that for me worked just as good. I mean, you know, well, and just for, the light and it, yeah, it, oh god, super light compared to, and then it was a three piece arm too. So I know Fourth Arrow has a three piece arm. Uh, I think that's what you were using. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for saddle hunting, I think you definitely want a three-piece arm because when you got to go like between you and the tree, it's definitely nice to have that extra hinge point in there. And then you can wrap it around the tree and keep it tight instead of having it sticking out. So if you're going on your, you know, if you're swinging around the tree and you're shooting on the same side as the camera, you don't have it sticking out in your way. In the in the price point on that arm is, I mean, it, I think he needs to have a Versa button on there. I haven't got back with him. Like we're, you know, he's saying, well, you know, literally let me know what you think and, you know, we'll see what we can come up with. And I said, well, I'm going to give it to John and John's going to give it the, he'll tell me what's wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has some, it was basically like kind of a prototype, really. I mean. Well, he's got them. I mean. Yeah. But I'm, the way I look at it is like, well, this needs to be, it definitely needs a Versa button. It could be tightened up a little bit, but it worked for my situation. I mean, yeah, and I mean, I think that that's one of the things that we have to remember, like when we're we're doing this. And I was, uh, I mean, it was I think it was on his post or one of the things I'd posted, and he messaged me back or whatever. But like, oh, it was he he commented on the the last uh, podcast that we did with Tim, and he said, you know, there's only so many ways you can film. A, a deer getting shot you know right and and i said you know for me that's why sometimes like when i don't feel like setting up the camera arm i don't i've got i feel like i've got like you know gopro or tacticam wide and tacticam on my bow i've got my phone to do an interview or do whatever and then i just open my backpack and i have the camera sitting there so if there's deer like way far off i'll video them like freehand and then i'll just put it back in my backpack like there's just some times where i'm just like you know what Screw the arm. Yeah, I mean, because we, despite, like, what everybody wants to do, um, we're not a TV show. We're, like, we're not doing that. And then the other thing is, is that, like, I do, like, I, I'll watch other people's YouTube and I try and support everybody that does it. But there's just so, so much monotonous stuff. Like, you know exactly what it's going to look like. And, like. It doesn't do anything for me. So I just want to see, like, the shot and the recovery kind of. Well, that's what I was just going to say is, like, how how many people out there really want to see the interview? Like, when – I mean, yeah, I know I want to kind of know what's going on, but I don't want to sit here and watch 10 minutes of interview, like, self-interview. Well, and, and we then did, I mean, 30 seconds of footage with a shot. And it's like, you know what, then just give me the shot. I mean, I don't need to – and it's whispering, and what's funny is my wife, like, she just, like, I'm watching YouTube, and they're whispering, it's like, oh, my God, turn that down, turn it off, change the channel, I can't stand that. I'm like, well, it's not like you can sit there and talk wide open, you know. Well, it, but I th- feel like we're, like, kind of, like, bashing ourselves, because, like, in the video, it's like me and you, like, bantering back and forth on the video of my buck kill. But, but it's, but, I mean, that's different than just one guy in a tree. Right. I mean, so that's like, what do you guys want to see? Do you want to just see some footage of, you know, like a five minute video going on us shooting some shit and, or do you want to see, you know, exactly, you know, Adam's mug and talking like, okay, I'm doing this. (laughs) There's a buck over here. No, I'm just messing around, but I'm, everybody knows I don't like to talk a lot. And then especially I don't like looking at myself in a camera and doing a video and, you know, doing a self freaking, you know, Whatever. interview like so i don't like interviews why am i doing one yeah i'm interviewing <laughs> myself i hate that shit you know? <laughs> but I hate interviews why am i interview myself but so 
I I do. I get it. I mean, my phone's full of them. Not that I've posted any. I mean, <laughs> but the, but but the thing is, is like if you shoot something, you want to you you don't. We you gotta don't, tell we, a we story. Don't, we don't really do recreate, so it's not like, right. It's not like we're trying to put out something like that. So, like I I mean, I I totally get it, and a lot of guys are in in you know one of one of the things that people said they wanted to see an episode on is like self filming and stuff, and I think I've got like. I've got an idea of like who I want to have on for that to kind of kind of talk about that from, you know, we've talked to industry guys and guys that do it for a living, uh, but we haven't talked to guys that like do it very successfully, very regularly, you know, and so I think that's something that we we need to do. But yeah, you so see, if we were gonna do like a full blown just hunting YouTube like like the hunting public, well then. I'm going to be Adam's cameraman and he's going to be mine because, you know, the self-filming for me, it's not going to be a super production, you know, even going out west. I had all the shit with me and it was like, for one, like when I was hunting the antelope, there's no way in hell I was going to get footage. I'm crawling around out there. My, It was, it would have been fun to well, watch that debacle. That's, that's <laughs> why I think like, like, um, oh shit, what's his name? Um. Ah, man. Uh, t- uh, Tim Ensley, he mentioned him um, on the last podcast. But so, like Remy and then Tim from Solo Hunter. Oh, yeah. like when when they do that, it's like unbelievable. Like I, I, so I'm so engaged, like watching that, and like when you say that there's only w- so many ways to do something, like I, I feel like a big mountain hunt like that. You know, very rarely. I mean, I think they have a couple episodes where they did uh um like white tails but most of the time it's like big game like spot and stock stuff like self-filming that stuff is just like riveting you know right but you gotta look at it two ways though like i was going out there and had limited time i I mean and i had a lot of time actually compared to most people i was going out there for three weeks i mean i had three weeks set aside where i was going to go out and just chase animals but I'm not an experienced elk hunter. I'm not. That was my first time ever setting foot after a freaking antelope and, you know, mule deer. That was my first shot ever shot. And you're not an experienced videographer. Exactly. So it was like, well, for one, I got to get some under my belt, you know. And so I'm not, I mean, it's hard enough going out there and killing an animal, let alone self-filming the damn thing. So like but, Remy and those guys, that's what they, that's what they do. No, but I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just simply saying like that. So that style to me is like the super cool. I'm mean, saying oh. that it can be done, but, but I also like guys, like listeners don't, don't think that when John gets back here, like from his trip, I'm like, what the fuck, man? I sent you out there with all this, you know, it's, it's not like that at all. He's lying. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if you can do it, then do it, you know? Right. And it's, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I did a ton of like the, um, Tack the cam self, you know, like when we're walking in and, you know, calling. And obviously, you you can do a lot of that stuff, but getting the animals on, that, you know, the tack cam worked out good because if you remember to hit the button, which, yeah. you know, yeah. I did with the elk when I shot him high in the back, and, you know, <laughs> but I didn't when I killed the mule deer. And I didn't even have the tack cam on my bow when I got, you know, when I shot, the, shot at the freaking antelope, the first one. I had it on the bow at the second one, but it, the when battery at him a hundred yards. Well, the battery died when it, like I have some footage of me and the bow crawling. You know, <laughs> there might even yeah. been a picture of that freaking sea urchin looking cactus that freaking gotcha. 
tore up my knees. So you were at the, um, so you switch up your camera arm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so what, was there anything that was like, you know, you'd recommend to everybody or like that was like the. Well, for one, I'd recommend the reveals, which everybody already wants those because they're sold out. Because I said, I've, that's the first trail cam I ever owned. You know, I was just like, I, I don't want them getting ripped off. And then going into a spot and just putting my scent down, it's so nice to be able to. The only place I didn't have service is up in the UP. And, I mean, literally, there's, like, no service in that area where I'm for anything. So, I wasn't surprised. But, like, where I have my Tacticam or the reveal right now on my property, like, I have Verizon and my cell phone. Like, I'll get one bar maybe and it'll be, like, searching. I can't get a phone call up there but i can send a text out if it's a text not an iMessage, and so it'll like eventually go off into the ether but when i put my that reveal up i have an at&t reveal i don't know if it would matter or not but i put that antenna and that sucker had full bars and it's just like bam i get pictures you know left and right off that so that i would definitely recommend if you're looking you know in the market for new trail cams my buddy eddie he ended up buying three or four of them and the one went through the freaking bridger's fire <laughs> so he actually had uh we already talked about that but he had firemen on his camera that was pretty cool but that definitely one of the things that we're working like we've been talking about is finding a pack that is good for saddle hunting and self-filming, you know, um, I'm, I, I like the, I, I love those wild edge steps for the packability. You know, they are kind of heavy. Um, I, five of them's not enough. I think seven, maybe eight would be better for my, cause I like to get up. I like to be able to get up high enough if I need to. And so I was actually like carrying five of those. Then I'd, grab one of my xops or two of those and be like man this is a <laughs> this is a pain in the ass so a pack that i can get you know seven or eight wild edge steps in what i love about those is when you're going up you're come putting them on the tree yeah it might take a few seconds longer to put it each step up but then when you're coming down you're packing them away so you get down at the bottom of the tree you just zip up that pack tuck all the ropes in and you're done. And you go. And you go. Instead of sitting there wrapping up the straps and stacking your sticks together and then putting those in, you know, and then having them strap them to the pack. When you have camera arm, fanny pack, extra clothes, you know, all that shit in a yard sale at the bottom of the tree, it's, you know, one more thing you got to f- deal with. So, a pack, I don't know, Adam's got like probably 15 freaking packs i mean oh here try this one oh look at this one and he's sending all the stuff so there's a couple of them on there it looked kind of like what we're thinking about yeah so um uh i don't know how to say his last name it's like valari or something spencer valari he posts a lot of stuff uh he's got the saddle hunting youtube he just posted it's a a frame by Everly stock and then he uses the bat wings on the side, the pouches that go on there. Um, and they zip together and it, it, when John was, John and I were talking about it, 
it kind of sounds like exactly what he's looking for if you want that frame style. Um, and then the Everly Pack X2 or Everly Stock X2, um, you know, Parker McDonald uses that one. You know, a lot of the tethered guys use that one. Um, and it looks like it'd do that, but I don't know that it has a frame in it. So I don't know if that's what you. So I like, I love my XO. I like that frame and how, you know, it's not exposed or anything. Like on the Eberly stock, like that, it's got the exposed, mm-hmm. like, shelf mm-hmm. and metal. So this thing is like, I don't want metal clinking. Well, and I don't, you know, because I was, I was trying to think about, like, how. I don't necessarily I, want the shelf sticking out. I, I, I may just have to buy one of those, a couple of those bat wings and see. Do, do you see how they attach? Well, that's what I was trying to. I couldn't see it in this video, but I'm like, well, shit, I could probably get a couple of those and attach those to my exo mm-hmm. and then because what i want is we'll have to do a video or whatever but like okay i'm a i'm a right-handed shooter and when i go up the tree i have my badlands fanny pack that i and it comes off on my right side so it's on my you know it's not interfering with my power my mm-hmm. good side whatever you what do I want to call it strong side strong side so I always hang my fanny pack. I have the cyst strap. I hang my quiver and everything off that side. And then I got my bino harness, which, you know, I I like walking in with my bino harness on because if I, you know, spot a deer or something, I have my rangefinder clipped to that. But then when I get it in the tree, I don't like wearing my bino harness with my bridge. My, you know, ends up, if like I lean over anything, you end up making noise that pops pops and snaps on that on the bridge rope so i would like a pack so like right now when i when i have my badlands i open it up and i put my binos right there i put my i take my rangefinder off and i stick that right in front like right in front of me in the little side pouch that's on the the badlands fanny pack you, I don't use the fanny pack as a fanny pack. You know, I just... It's just I your s- purse. Yeah, I strap it to the <laughs> my frame, my pack frame, and then I put the Predator platform above it, then I throw on my Wild Edge Steps and my... Well, the other thing, too, is I've been using a tree pad instead of knee pads. And because I just, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't want the bulky knee pads, but... That's just one more thing you got to bring up and strap to the tree where you can wear your knee pads in. So I'm just, I'm going to switch over to those this coming year for 2021. Try to find a new pack that works out good for all the situation. I'd like to be able to just leave it on, climb up the tree, pull out my Predator, hook it to the tree, and open it up and have my binos right there on the side. You know, so where the bat wings kind of look like you'd be able to do that as well, long as they're as, quiet. As soon as I watched that video and he, the first thing he does is unzip it and pulls out his binos with the harness, on, like the, the strap. And I was like, I got to send this to John. Cause it's right. like, but it almost looked like, I don't know what that material material is, is but it almost looked kind of loud, you know, and like, I don't want to have loud material, <laughs> you know, that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of the time, I mean, this year was weird. Like I'd get up there and it'd be windy as fuck. And, like, couldn't hear shit. Then all of a sudden, like, it seemed like it was either super windy or no wind at all. Mm-hmm. And so there was a couple nights where I'm, like, I was afraid to even breathe 
<laughs> you know, let alone, you know, grab my binos out of a loud pack. So I like my shit quiet. Yeah. I, I mean, there's just so many options. And again, I mean, just like saddles or, you know, a lot of this high end, um, climbing sticks and stuff like that. Like you can't just go to the store and check them out. And right. You can't, you know, it, especially not being here in the Midwest or the East, <laughs> you know, maybe out in Bozeman, all that shit's available or, you know, whatever, yeah. but it's just not. So, um, maybe I'll, what, maybe what I'll do is I'll order a couple of those bat wings and just to see how they right. attach and, you know, just kind of go from there. But, um, but yeah, for me, like you talk about the bow ropes and stuff like that. Like I bought one of the Doyles. So I used to have like one of the Allen, you know, retractable things in the spring sprung on it. I thought that that was good, you know, and then the, the, the cord was so fine. It was almost like super duper spider wire. So, and there was like, when you let your bow down, if you weren't paying attention, it'd burn right through your gloves. And <laughs> I mean, like no kidding. So I was like reluctant to spend 40 bucks on that bow hoist. And I'm just ecstatic that I did. And I know that you can use, you know, that's what Sean was saying on the thing. You know, you just buy a dog, a dog one, but you know, whatever. I, I like the way that it, uh, kind of attaches the, the little attachment point. And you, I think you can just buy those. So my brother said that he's got one and he watched a video where a guy put two of them on there so that you could bring your pack and your bow up at the same time. You just would, you know, strip off some line and then hook your right. um, deal on there. So that may be an option for you. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> we should do a video of my freaking yard sale. I mean, seriously. Like, like where you start this year and then where, how, how, how you yeah, end up. Yeah, because, like, I mean, when I when I get to the bottom of the tree, I mean, I take off my pack and I unstrap my steps, my knee pad, my platform, my fanny pack. And then if it, like, this late season, you know, my extra coat and all that stuff because I, I sweat like a bastard. So if I go in. There's no way, I mean, most time I have to go in and just like my base layer. Well, that, I mean, so when we hunted together last year, and that was like probably your last sit in a tree stand, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I climbed up above John, I was in the saddle, and I was like watching him come up and like looking down, it was like, there was all this stuff just everywhere. And, you know, some of it stayed down there. Some of it, you well, know, yeah, <laughs> you didn't we, even have to bring up a, a, a camera arm or anything at that point. Right. Well, yeah, because well, <laughs> you took us on a freaking ZZ Top, you know, walk through the I the just shit. had to put the deer at ease that we did not know what we were doing. And it almost worked out. So I, I remember at one point I was standing at the bottom of the tree with no shirt on because I was like, oh, dude, I just sweated <laughs> through all my shit. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting this, you know, walk in. So, yeah. I'm down there, you know, in the yard sale again. But, but, but yeah, so I, I, I use that and I'd freaking, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. I tried, so I used a whole bunch of different camera arms this year. Um, but like exactly what I thought, and I got to get with, um, the Genesis 3D printing guy. He makes a, a, a bracket for that Lone Wolf custom gear arm. And it's exactly what I thought, like, when we saw it. Like, if it had a standoff, like, I don't necessarily think it needs the top one, um, like I was considering. But um, 
having that foot at the bottom, I think would make uh, a big difference And that. That arm is pretty, pretty good, but I think it's misleading um, to some degree because it's all well and good. You can put it in your cargo pocket, but not if you have a fucking fluid head on there. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, and I, I was even running a ball head on it, but it's still, you know, somewhat bulky and it's, a, there's definitely, everything is a trade-off, you know, and it, it's, it's a nice packable option. It's all in one, not having to set up a base. You don't have to set up a base on that other one, the, the one from the, DIY bull hunting. So, um, it's just one last thing to set up. The reason that I liked the, the out on a limb system is that that is such a small base that it would fit in one of the pouches on the saddle. So like when I got up there, I just grabbed that out of my pouch, hooked it up. I'd hang my backpack and then I'd pull the arm out of my backpack and, and set it up. And I mean, it's still a viable option. I just don't like the way that it tightens down. I can never get it, like, completely the way that I wanted it. And so it was just became more, it was more of like a pet peeve. It was like, when I got it up there, I was like, okay, when's this thing going to fail? Like, what's what I got to adjust? And, and you had the smaller one. Yeah. Well, I'd run the same. I, so, again, John gets all my hammy down. So I bought the original one, the big one. And I think that one held onto the tree better um, than the the one for the Assassin's Reach that has just the three posts on it. And I ran it both ways, upside down. It's a triangle. So I ran it like every which way because you can adjust that ball. And I thought, well, maybe if I get more leverage here or more leverage here. And, um, it, I, just, I just couldn't get it the way that I wanted it. So I said, well, we'll try something else. Went with the Lone Wolf Custom Gear one. It was it was okay. I mean, it's, it's not bulky to bring in. It's I, instead of having to set up the, the base, you know, I just take it out of my pack and, um, but for, you know, $150 less, you can get the, the one from the, you know, that John was running at the end there. It's just as light. It's maybe not quite as packable. Um, but that one's good too. Um, I'd like to try one of the fourth arrow, um, talons, because it looks like about the same size as it would fit in one of those pouches. Um, but having just to set up one thing versus two, it's just, you know. Yeah, I don't mind the two-piece. Yeah, it's not, it. it's not a bad system. I just want something that was, like, a little bit smaller, especially smaller compared to the big muddy, you know, and mm-hmm. then a three-piece arm, you know, like I said, that fourth arrow arm was fine but the problem with the out on the limb that i was having with that two-piece arm is that if the camera was out it had so much leverage no matter how tight i got the ball Mm -hmm. it would it would bend down like Mm -hmm. it would it drift and so you'd have to make sure and keep that and then even like once you tighten that ball up so like when i pack it in i like say i'm getting down for the night I take my camera arm off, I loosen the ball, and I roll the, the head up in so it's more compact. Well, then when you go, and then I tighten it back up, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's not rattling or anything. So my next time I come out, I get that strap to the tree, and I loosen it up, and I go to move that ball, and it's like, it sounds like some kind of animal getting killed. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. It I squeaks no matter what. Yeah, I didn't have that 
issue, or at least not that bad. Not that it was like. So maybe, maybe you're tightening it down farther than I was. Well, I just run it down as far as it. I mean, you have to tighten it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. But, so, so I mean, yeah, using that like that was one of the things that I tried a whole bunch of different, um, a whole bunch of different arms this year, and it was it was okay. I mean, I'm not worried about having the. I don't want. I don't necessarily have to have one I can put in my pocket or anything. I'm not trying to get that streamlined. I just want something I can put in a pack, you know, and not make noise, and and it's quick and easy to set up. Where not to be knocking the the out on limb, but the like the strap. It's like a boat strap, mm-hmm. you know. It's a cam over, and you got to hook it to itself. The one that the day I went hunting with you up there, I got up there and I ended up. I was trying to get it around the tree. And it was kind of a, it was a fairly big tree, and I like lost. I lost grip on the freaking strap. Well, then the thing slipped and. And came right off the strap and bounced off the tree and it was out there. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'm not using the camera arm tonight. <laughs> but so it was like one more thing to freaking deal with. But I just want a, a streamline, like something quick. Yeah. And uh, pull and, all the pack. And that's the thing the is building your, your confidence and your, you know, the repeatability. Just like that's when the, I mean, for the amount of times this year that I, like forgot something or like couldn't find it in my pack. Like that's one thing that I, I suck at. Cause I just, at the end of the night, like you said, I just throw everything in there and I'm like, I'll figure it out next time. And I never do. I yeah. Never see my, like with my Badlands fanny pack, I mean, I know where everything's at. I have, you know, there's so many different zippers. Yeah. Like the little side pouches. Sometimes I have a little hook in there. I'll throw some shit in that, like a battery or something. But like, I know where, okay. The cameras in the main pack, main pouch the gopro is in the main pouch uh my other pouch has got like my flashlight my grunt call that sh- i mean everything's laid out so I, it's not big enough to just throw everything in like in a pack pack so mm-hmm. yeah um so I, I did i switched that up i was gonna this one of the things i was gonna talk about and i think you know this is a question that i see online a lot and there isn't like a good, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there's a video out there that shows everything, and it, it probably should, but so with the ropes, like you said, you switched up your ropes. So I have the tethered original Samson Predator rope with a ropeman. I've got, I've used the trophy line ropes. Um which are a little bit smaller, quite a bit stiffer. Um, and then I've got the Oplux rope from Bullman Outdoors with a Prusik. Um, and then I've got the Oplux rope. And that one, it has a figure eight on the end. So it's a knot rather than a sewn eye. And then I've got the Latitudes Oplux with the Swabish Hitch on it and um that has a sewn eye and a loop and so one of the things is like so john and i don't have ropemans on our tethers um and you said you want to go to that well here's the thing when we did that last when we did the video on on the platforms 
when we were packing up and done with that, I took my tethered rope off the tree and I put it in the wrong pocket on my on my saddle. So the last hunt I went on, I got up, I got up the tree and I used the rope man on my lineman's rope. I get up, I get up there and I'm like, I'm reaching in my pocket and I'm like, oh shit. The, my left pouch has got, that's where I keep my ropes. And I just, I mean, I couldn't remember. I'm like, man, I must have left my tethered on that freaking tree at Frank's. So don't ever do this out. I mean, if you guys are listening, <laughs> don't ever try this. But I was a dumbass. And I'm like, I'm up the tree. I'm going to hunt. I need to freaking, and I didn't even look in my other pouch. So I took my lineman off as I'm standing on my platform. And I quick tethered it around the tree. And I hooked into my, my bridge. So I was unsecure for a moment in time but it had my rope men on it well when i put that much weight like when i was sat down it it was i think that rope is almost too small for that rope man. well it is it's yeah. not rated for that yeah. eight millimeter right because it like after all my weight was on, i went to get you know to cut her loose and it was like it was kind of tough to pop it out of that. So definitely. Well, and that's what, I mean, that's the reason I believe is, you know, if there was a fall that they don't want it to just cut it, shear it. Shear it. Um, but like, so having all of those ropes and everybody saying like, you know, that Swavish hitch is supposed to light, uh, loosen up a little bit easier. And I, I, I would say that it does like to a degree, but I think one of the things that, um, that I've noticed and John, you probably noticed this as well. And it's, I guess just kind of common sense when you think about it, but like, so we don't always hunt in like bluebird conditions, right? So if it rains, if you get wet, if it's snowing, like, and your tether gets wet or one of those things that not, it doesn't matter if it's a swavish hitch or the prussic, it like super tightens down and it's a yeah. bitch to move. Um, and so I did just order, I didn't tell you, I ordered a, one of the Kong ducks, which is the ascender that's rated for that size rope. Mm. Um, I have no experience with it, but I'm going to try it out. Oh, uh, is that the one that Latitude sells? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they sell. Yeah. That's the sender. Yeah. So that was, cause that's the one that you're supposed to exactly. use with that. But, but anyway, so I've used all those different ropes and, and having the ability to pack that rope down so tightly, like. If, if you would have did that with your uh, trophy line rope, I feel like, or if I would have done it with the Samson, like, predator rope, like, you wouldn't not notice that it was in the other pouch. Like, you definitely know that there's right. something there. I mean, it does, it packs down to nothing. So, like, you know, nothing against latitudes uh, that uh, sewn eye and everything cost a bunch of money. Um, and their ropes are pretty expensive. Oplux is expensive in its own right. But if you go to Silent Approach from from Sean and he does the steps, the ones that strap around the tree, the ropes are very, uh, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. I think you can get both ropes with, uh, carabiners and everything for like 90 bucks where I think one of the latitudes ropes is like 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you are more comfortable with the sewn eye, and I think the sewn eye actually retains all of the ability of the rope, where if you tie a knot, then it t- 
takes away like 50% or 40% of the braking strength. So but it's something like that. I, I don't quote me on those numbers, but it's 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 Yeah, what's the braking strain on Apex? So I mean like it's a lot. Like thousands. Yeah. So So I mean, it it is what it is. And you could buy your own rope and tie your own knot, but like I've said before, I'd rather it was on somebody else that they were liable than me. Yeah, and the other thing too with that Oplex, you can't just burn down the ends. You have to do a heat shrink. Yeah. When and you cut it. I, I was reading about it. Like you because it's got Kevlar in it, like you damn near have to cut it with a saw. <laughs> like a like a chop saw type deal. Um but I, I use those different ropes and I, I mean I really like the the packability of it. Like it can't be understated. And we don't have any experience with the new um tethered ropes. Tethered has some new uh stronger than Oplux um eight millimeter ropes. Um and I think they're like fifty or sixty bucks. But we I just don't have any experience with them. So um that's one of the things. Um use those um Switch up the broadheads to the one that ones that Troy um, had sent me. Steel Force Fatheads, and they're double bevel, uh, fixed blade with bleeder, uh, replaceable. Everything's replaceable. Um, did the job. I mean, it's pretty, pretty violent. No, um, you used the same sticks as last year, right? No, you switched I over switched to, to the because you got the B sticks. Yeah. How'd, well, I mean, how how did those? So I like the B sticks. Um, I, honestly, I guess that's another thing. So I started off the season using daisy chains, and I wasn't very happy with them um, because I had a couple of the sticks kick out. Um, all my fault, um, basically, um, because my bow rope would get caught in them because I just chuck it out of the tree, or, you know, whatever. Um, and so that was one of the things where the, the would my rope would get caught on the stick and it would just pop up because it wasn't cinched down. So I switched back to the cam buckle straps and for what it was worth, I mean, I did it and I didn't have any kick out or anything, but it was just more bulk, such a pain in the ass packing them up, like you said, and then the, having the buckles and trying to orient them all the same way and shit. Like I went right back to the, the, the daisy chains and, um, after I used the Doyles where it was always tension on it, um, it, it kind of solved that, but like maybe I was more cognizant of it. Um, but I like the, those, uh, bee sticks, but they are so sharp. I mean, I, I mean, I still like right on my hand, I've got a cut <laughs> from, from the standoffs. I mean, they're super, super sharp. I think you said you nicked your bowstring. I think I nicked too. my bowstring with them. So, bitch, that's two in one year. <laughs> So, um, so they'll, I mean, they're great. I mean, I don't know what I would change about them. I don't think that there's anything that I would change other than the fact that they're super, super freaking like sharp. Um, uh, but they set up good. They bite good. Everything about them, you know, that, that, that was fine. I mean, they're expensive. But, you might have to buy some pink bow material, string material for you. <laughs> the clown, the cl- yeah. clown string. Um, you know, what about whatever. your saddles? So you, I mean, oh, yeah, I use a whole bunch of saddles. You got freaking saddles out your ears, so yeah. Um, so I hunted out of. I started in the Phantom, then I hunted out of the Classic. Um, then the I hunted classics out of from Latitudes. Latitudes, and then I hunted out of the Covert Light as well. And um, I mean, it, I mean. 
So of those, I, I think the the classic from Latitudes is probably the best value for a like minimalist saddle. Um, like it does basically everything that the Phantom does. Uh, it doesn't have the comfort channels, but it has adjustable bridge loops. Now they're on uh, Prusik and you know, the tethered guys did all their due diligence and they did all their testing and, and you know, they had their bridge loops um, uh, with a prusik like that. And they said it over time, it slips and it settles down into wherever it wants to. And that's why they put their comfort channels in there. Um, but the, I didn't have any issue with the, the classic and any sort of hip pinch or any movement or I, I didn't, it wasn't even anything that it, like came up as a an issue. It's not saying that there's anything wrong with the Phantom, but the Phantom is like two hundred and fifty bucks or so, maybe more. And the classic's one hundred and eighty five dollars. And so what I see on Facebook is I see a lot of people saying like, "I'm going to do this one or this one," and it, it's always like one of these, you know, the the like to just today was the method or the Phantom, and then I you know I don't have any experience with TX five or Cruiser or H two, but you know, a lot of those still have a weight, you know, I think TX five is custom made. Like they kind of like make made the order and they're only, you know, going to, they'll tell you like what number their orders on. And if you really want them and it, it could be the Holy grail of saddles. Um, but I just don't have any experience with it, but I can tell you out of the box that class, that classic feels like you're wearing nothing and even attach a couple pouches to it. Um, it's still not that bad. I want them to come out with a metal free version. And I thought that they had, and that's I'm one of the things I was almost disappointed about when I got it is that it didn't have just a rope closure because, you know, the method has it. It seems like it's the, it, the waist belt is somewhat unnecessary. Um, but now how were they like the, your lineman loops on that? Were they, did they stick out? And, I think that's one of the things that I really like about the Phantom is that the lineman loops are nice and big, and you can find them in the dark. Yeah, especially when you're going around. Limb. Yeah, so they're they're big and and pronounced. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's in the car. I don't I don't really recall, but I didn't have any issue with it. And I girth hitch it on the one side, and right. and I and I do believe that it's very similar to the Phantom. I got there's a Phantom right behind me, so. Um, they're, it's not like this. I don't think. I think the Phantom has the probably the best because they're so stiff yeah. and pronounced. Um, but the Trophy Line, the Covert, the Covert Light, um, was a huge improvement. I mean, really was a huge improvement over the other Trophy Line. And I think the old Trophy Line gets a bad rap because I found it comfortable in it while I was sitting. When you when you lean, there's so much material there that it squeezes your ribs or your nipples or your you know I mean it's there's so much and then there was so I mean the covert is also built out of the same material so it's big wide kind of rough stuff but I mean we went over this when we talked with Sean and he said you know we overbuild it because we're hanging people from a tree so I mean I think you got to know that you're getting that with with trophy line and I think that. Um, that's why I say like the classic for like a minimalist style saddle and for something more substantial. And, and it's funny because I've dealt with a whole bunch of guys now that, that say, well, we want something substantial. And it, 
it's an interesting thought process. So how many sits did it get? I, you know, I got that covert light and I went out and hung it in a tree and, you know, before we did the podcast with Sean and, I mean, and it was comfortable. You know, there were some issues like the buckle. Uh, one of the issues that, you know, like right off the bat, like you could not adjust those straps. And then before I could even ask that question in our podcast, he addressed that issue. Like they did that on purpose because once you break it in, then they'll move freely. Mm-hmm. Where if they would have built it with them moving freely, then once it broke in, then they would slip. It'd, mm-hmm. be, it'd be too easy to move. Yeah, I hunted out of it three times. Um, and, you know, for for me, walking in with it and all of that, like the attachment point for the um, for the leg straps in the back was like kind of awkward. It's like right between your butt cheeks. Like, yeah, it was like not, not awesome. Um, but uh, aside from that, it was just like, I mean, wearing in like a battle belt type thing. I mean, it was just the, the belt on it is is substantial but the feel of the everything about it um was like they listened to what you were right you know what what people had said and it's still big it's not quite as deep as the the other one i don't think but um the 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 bridge right so i got a video to post about it like the things that i would change and the bridge is one of them um and it was interesting to hear Sean say that he didn't even use that Carab- carabiner on there, but like I measured it. And so you lose nine inches of travel on your, um, uh, on your bridge. And so the way that I would have it set up because of the, the way that it, the way that it is, is having the, I would girth hitch my, left side of uh the saddle for the lineman and connect it over here and then you'd have the carabiner you wouldn't want the carabiner clicking over here so you'd have it on your left hand side over here on the bridge so it'd be girth hitch on the right for the bridge and then connect the carabiner well on that rotation you know i mean you're losing it off of your weak side but you lose nine inches of of travel through that bridge and then, and that's at no matter what. So if you were to shorten the bridge down, like you wanted a shorter bridge length, then I think it's than the 32 that it is. I mean, you're, you're taking away your mobility. Yeah. And so, so like my issue with it was, you know, yeah, it's got a, I don't want that metal. Mm -hmm. And then especially if you're going to have a metal on your strong side. Now, if you pull your bow up or something and you, Mm-hmm. Clank that. I mean, unless you're wrapping it all up, but you don't really want to wrap the the whole thing. You want mm-hmm. your so yeah, and and it's it's just and so he talked about. I, I guess I never, you know, I didn't like get. I didn't dive any deeper into it, but to get rid of the carabiner altogether. Yeah, we didn't ask him how to do that. I mean, you could you could just tie a figure eight with a bite on the end. And it wouldn't be adjustable, but if, I mean, we've talked on different. You'd have to retie up the Prusik then. No. I'm saying if you wanted to keep keep a Prusik, you'd have to, like, retie it and have a larger one and then have to wrap it, run it through. Yeah, I think I think we're going to do that on the one that, I, the, uh, the one that we've got. Um, they sell a Utilibridge kit 
like through H2 or some of the AM steel guys, what you do is you run a prosec so that it adjusts and you make a loop and then you have to put a, another prosec on there and tie it in. It's, you, it's actually like a swabish hitch on there to, so that it runs through that loop. But anyway, I've, I've looked into it and I'm going to do that. But I think if you were to just tie it, you could just tie a figure eight knot around the bridge loop. Right. And then you just have a fixed length bridge. Right. Which, I mean, I didn't really mess with my bridge length too much this year other than I'd loosen my waist belt way up walking in and just tighten my bridge down right. on that, that classic and do that. And with it not being am steel, being rope, it didn't loosen up where I think that the Phantom, when there wasn't tension on it, it would loosen up because the am steel is pretty slick. Yeah. I um, like when I'd walk in, most time I didn't walk in with my, um, my saddle, saddle. on just cause I'd pull it tight and then I'd, my hip flexors would start cause it was, it was a long walk. It's just as easy to just roll it up and throw it in my pack or strap it on. <laughs> but, uh, what I do like when I'm climbing or whatever, instead of having my bridge hanging there, I would tighten it all the way up. Then I tuck it, mm-hmm. the, the tag end into my offside pouch and then it would be out of the way. So you don't have that catching on your step, especially with the wild edge. If you catch that and flip up your step, knock it loose or whatever. But, but yeah, so I, I hunted out of all three of those saddles and I mean, I, I just find it comical where guys online have hunted out of one saddle and it's not like we're like been doing this for 10 years. I mean, there's guys that have been doing it for years and years and years and years. And, and they know what they like. Yeah. But it, but what I mean is, is like, it's got to be even worse for them because I see guys that have hunted out of one saddle and they're like, or they've hunted like one sit and they're like, oh, I don't like this or this or this. And it's like, I really think that if you know what you like and how it's supposed to feel, like you can, it, it, most of these saddles are adjustable enough that you can find a comfortable sit in it. It ends up becoming like, do you want one that's more substantial? Do you want super minimal do you want a two panel do you want you know is there are there things that you prefer you know where it, it's just comical because people just like straight out of the box like shit on stuff like oh, oh this that the other thing like you know we are super fortunate in the fact that you know we get to talk to these guys we get to try out this stuff we get to go see it you know we i mean my wife doesn't really care what I buy, I spend money on, so I'll order all of them, and you know we'll we'll try them out, give them away, you know, do whatever. Um, but for people who are timid and don't want to make the jump, you know, just call Adam and he'll send you one. You can try it. <laughs> I just gave one of those covert lights to a kid from the other side of the state. Yeah, the one he gave me. He's like, "Hey, I need that covert back." <laughs> But I have another one that is in Pennsylvania right now that guys are trying. And then one of the other trophy lines is down with Redneck Tech Podcast in Georgia. And then the other, the my uh, trophy line, the pro, is with my buddy Tracy. Yeah. So, because he was like, it's like, he stopped over. I actually gave him my uh, trophy line 
said that uh, we had got him talked into getting in the saddle. So I'm like, well, here, take this one, give it a shot, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and I've sent them all over the country, you know, to our different Patreons and stuff. So, I mean, it's just, like I say, we're just so fortunate that, you know, we're able to to check all these out and see them firsthand and, you know, do all this. And I'm sure we'll have more, uh, you know, as the year goes on. But, yeah, I think the only other thing that I wanted to say about this year was, like, my boots. Like, I use them Quest 4D Solomons. Those, I mean, I don't like to tie my shoes. So, like, the way that they close, like, you can't just have them, like, half-tied and slide in because the laces are too long and everything. But, I mean, basically, for everything that I've done, you know, hunting-wise, without, you know, being knee-deep in water, I mean, they're waterproof. I I was knee-deep in mud and and in water in them, and uh, my feet were, were fine. Yeah, they look like a. I mean, like I said, I got the Krispies, but I was I actually looked at the Solomons, but they didn't have a wide in that in the model that you'd got. But then once you got them and put them up next to mine, they actually look a little bit wider. So yeah, you know. and I just you know boots are always such like that's one of the things I joke about. You know, <laughs> like. What's the most important piece of gear? Like, well, oh, boots, oh, always boots, and their boots are expensive, and you know you got to try them on, and all the shit. Just what you were saying, but I'll say one of the other cool things is that we'll have at least some input on. You know, we're not affiliated with them or anything, but um, we did get Frank a set of gum leaf boots for uh, for Christmas this year because he's been through a couple different pair of rubber boots, and he always is just complaining about leaking and, you know, not like they used to make them. I'm like, well, they make these ones that they're supposed to be, you know, 85% rubber. They're supposed to last. They're, you know, they're supposed to be, you know. And you said they're real flexible too. Yeah, super flexible. Like, not what I expected. I expected them to be like, I don't know. I, like, I, like I said, I can't remember what my my uninsulated boots are. They're either irish setter or lacrosse or something but they're the like tight ankle and they're so stiff it takes me a week you know to get used to wearing them again because they like bruise my ankles i had to wear two pairs of socks even in warm weather yeah and these have vibram soles and like i mean they're I mean, they're expensive like i think they're like 350 bucks but i mean if you get two seasons out of them i mean th- that's what you're paying for you know two sets of boots or three seasons or whatever right like so we'll see at least we'll get to have some input on those but um yeah for 2021 you know gonna be a, a lot of the same uh, hopefully we'll be able to go to tack this year um i mean that's the plan um we uh i'm going on a, a an elk hunt with my dad spike spike camp going to try and bring my bow it's a it's during first rifle season i don't think the and it's an outfitter hunt so it's a spike camp uh, my dad doesn't do you know he he his his thought process is if i'm going to spend the money i'm going to go and shoot something so i'd rather spend more money and you know and you know i get it but it's just an opportunity for me to hunt elk with my dad so and it's a spike camp so it'll be a little bit rough. Well, you know, it's not just <laughs> go and 
sleep at the lodge and all that stuff. I didn't I wouldn't even know what that's like because it's not my style. But but so I mean, you got anything else or no? Just it's getting cold up in here. <laughs> I'm glad I got my heated vest on. So we're gonna be doing a review on that in just a minute. But yeah, so. Like I said, I'm just um, excited for 2021. Like I said, we're going to be doing a lot more giveaways, a lot more stuff. Uh, you know, John's already talking about right now doing a video. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot more stuff on YouTube. So, you know, check us out over there. But hopefully there'll be some ice fishing. Maybe my turkey hunt will someday hit the freaking... I was just thinking about that because there was people talking about uh, turkey hunting with a, with a bow. And so I posted up, the, you know, when I shot the decoy. Um, and I'm like, I need to get on that so that as soon as it's turkey on, people are like into it, I can post up that video. And then, I mean, on YouTube is just like, just the one, uh, like your camera angle of my turkey on where I was crawling across the thing. And, um, I'll probably put that on there just because it's kind of cool. Yeah. Neat, but, but yeah, um, definitely check that stuff out. And uh, that's pretty much all we got for today. Yeah.